Hello, welcome along to Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie. This week we are doing a special, because each and every day of this week we are covering the 32nd Galway Film Fla. You don't know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it. If you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? So tomorrow night, the Galway Film Flat kicks off. And indeed, we won't be in the Town Hall Theatre this year because due to COVID-19, the Flat is going online for 2020. And firstly, I want to commend the organisers of the Film Flat because the easy option certainly would have been just to say, do you know what, let's just... Leave it for 2020 and we'll come back stronger than ever next year. But they still forged ahead and I am very sure that it is not easy to organise a film festival by just holding Zoom calls each and every day. But they managed to do it. They have a great selection of feature films, documentaries, animation, short films, the whole works. It's as good as ever. And we are going to be covering as much of it as we can throughout the week for you here on Just Like in the Movies. Lisa Tracy and Dave Coyne will be joining me as always later in the week to review what has been screened. But it doesn't kick off until tomorrow night, so there's nothing to review. But we can certainly do a little preview. So the opening movie tomorrow night at the Galway Film Fla is The Eighth. And The Eighth is a documentary which tells the story of Irish women and their fight to overturn one of the most restrictive abortion bans in the world. After a 35-year struggle, the pro-choice side radically shift tactics to try to bring an historically conservative electorate over the line. Have a listen. Every now and then an issue comes before us which challenges us to think about our history. Whether it's the damp cold of the Magdalen laundries or the sundered silence of mother and baby homes being broken. All of these things are connected by the way we as a country have treated women and particularly pregnant women. Women's health is at risk, women are still in danger, women are still taking the abortion pill illegally. We absolutely have to do something. Investigation is underway into the death of Savita Halapanavar. This government needs to introduce emergency legislation to protect women's lives. And if they don't, we will bring this government down. There you go. That is a clip from the opening movie of this year's Galway Film Fla. It's a documentary called The Eighth. It screens at 7.30pm tomorrow evening and it will be followed by a Q&A. The other screening tomorrow night is Poster Boys. It's a world premiere for writer, director and producer Dave Minogue. And he joins us next to talk about his debut movie. Uh, this is from your teacher. He needs to finish the maths work from last week, read chapter two and three of the book, and catch up on his spelling. Did you just get a text from my teacher giving me homework? Yep. How did she have your number? We matched on Tinder. You matched my teacher on Tinder, and now she's giving me homework assignments through you. Yep. Are you insane? What? What? What's the big deal? She's out to ruin my life. By making sure you're well educated. 
can't believe you've done this to me. This is the most messed up thing ever. Why? You don't get it. She's using you. Using me? To give me homework. How messed up is that? She's a psychopath, Al. A psychopath. I think you should get started on your maths. Now, delighted to be joined by writer, director and producer of Poster Boys, Dave Minogue. Dave, thank you for joining us on Just Like in the Movies. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I, I didn't do it alone. There's a few other producers there, so Jonathan Farley and Owen McKenna and Sinead O'Brien and Owen and me. <laughs> Sinead O'Brien, actually, she, she won Best Documentary at the Film FilmFla a few years ago. Yeah, Sinead's been, been great for kind of just helping with the story arc and kind of pointing out what's missing her her attention to audience interaction with the story was brilliant. So we were very lucky for, to have her on board. So how did your directorial debut come along? I mean, you wrote it as well. So look, we all dream, well, most of us anyways, in the film industry dream of one day making our own movie. You did it. How did it come about? I've been, pre- I started off getting very lucky directing gigs. And like the first thing I ever did was, um, apply for a storyland and I happened to get it and I thought it was going to be very easy from there on in <laughs> and it wasn't so so I spent a few years in the wilderness and kind of kind of moved in towards producing and did a lot of music videos and short films producing with other people and just got very lucky to be on some truly magical productions so I, I've been doing that for years and then I kind of forgot that I, I wanted to direct at one stage and um, I was at a Screen Ireland event and uh, afterwards, I was just uh, on my way home and I ran into Ross Whitaker in the streets and he was on his way home and he was like, you should get back to directing. And then he walked off into the night in the, in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, a few months later, I got a, a random email from uh, uh, an actor friend and uh, asking me to direct a pilot for them. And I genuinely thought that it was the wrong email. <laughs> I spent about five minutes re- like. It's going through, it's going, I think this is the wrong person. It was those kind of two things happening. And uh, and it just happened to be, I was in Galway 2018 and saying that. And um, Julie Ryan, the, one of the producers on Young Offenders, she was like, just stop talking about it and go do it. And so I was like, right, I'm definitely going to go do it. And then uh, I told Owen McKenna that I was planning on doing it. And I was planning on doing it that summer. And he bet me I couldn't do it. So um, I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, and uh, so I got very like the, the easiest way to get me to do anything is just tell me that you don't think I can do it. <laughs> I was like, right, I'm going to do this. So uh, I went off and did it. <laughs> and um, we met up with Bobby Kerr and we explained our plan. And how does that just happen that you meet up with Bobby Kerr? <laughs> um, I'm a bit like a younger version of Abe Simpson as well, like where I just send off random emails like to the president, being like, I don't like the way you're talking to people. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, Bobby was one of the people who wrote back to me. Uh, so we met up, met up with him and had a coffee and told him our plan. And then uh, he, offered, he asked for like a, a bit of a business proposal on it. So we, we wrote it there and told him uh, we thought it could make money back and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, and then it, it worked out. And... Um, we're we're finally finished the, the proof is hopefully in the pudding and uh like that was late july and we had to have it done by september 1st when my nephew went back to school my nephew plays the lead in the film as well one that leads alongside um Trevor Connell. so uh, we had six weeks to do it well we had six weeks to write it crew it 
figure out how to shoot with <laughs> it's brilliant that you're bringing it back to Galway now two years after kind of getting the nudge there uh of course it's as we were talking before we started recording the podcast it is that kind of bittersweet moment of getting a movie in the film flat on the opening night but at the same time not being there in the town hall theater kind of soaking up the atmosphere and reaction from a live audience yeah it's it's bittersweet but um like i, th- I think there, there's bigger problems in the world than people laughing at this film or laughing at the jokes as opposed to laughing at the film but um the, the flip side is that you know galway is it's a pretty accessible film festival as it is but now it's way more accessible and it's way more open to everyone like my aunts and uncles they're all able to watch it now they don't have to they wouldn't. They wouldn't go all the way to Galway for me. But they're well able to watch it now. Except for I'll have to figure out how to hook up every single individual HDMI cable. But <laughs> <laughs> Tell people what the movie is about. So it's on tomorrow night at the Galway Film Fla, and it's a real upbeat movie, you know. Uh, and there's a great message at the end of it as well. But without giving too much away, if you can give a bit of a teaser to tell the listeners what it's about, uh, it's um, it's a comedy drama about this guy Al Clancy who um, accidentally agrees to mind his ten year old nephew for what he thinks is a weekend, but ends up being a week, and that puts his job and his home in jeopardy. So in order to save his home and his job they decide to steal his mother's camper van and go on a road trip putting up posters how did you get all the cameos that you got in it i'm <laughs> fairly jealous um so literally right after we had met bobby we ran into joe rooney who was sitting beside us in a coffee shop while we were wondering what the hell just happened um we were like joe will you be in our film and he agreed <laughs> Uh, then he like kept texting me looking for the script, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll get it to you." <laughs> Once I write it, uh, uh, so he agreed. And then um, I feel like I answered this question in in almost a privileged way. We just got really lucky. Like um, mm. th- there was a lot of graft, a lot of work, but we had a great team. Like everyone was amazing on it, and it just kind of pulled people in. And the more we did, the more people seemed to want to be part of it. How did you go about funding this movie? Bobby obviously helped a huge amount. And the the second thing, like we we designed a film that worked for the money we had and the crew we had. So the the, the, the first thing I did was I, I counted how many beds or potential beds were going to be in my parents' house, which was kind of the unit base and the production office and the studio that we shot in. We shot most of the film in their driveway. So um, wow. I counted how many beds we had, and I was like, right, that's the number of crew I have. And then, <laughs> and then we um, was obviously set in a camper. Originally, I thought my sister would let me just use her camper van, but no, she was having none of it. So we had to find another camper van, and that became our, our mobile base and our gear van and our everything. So um, we all kind of moved in that once we, were, once we had to move around. So that kind of saved the load in parking, <laughs> little things like that. And then we found a college in the UK that um, rents gear to their students during the summer for their own projects. And then we happened to have someone from that college on the crew. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I had to, <laughs> about two days before the production, I was in the camper on a ferry going across to the UK, uh, meeting some, <laughs> some poor student in, in a car park in Iceland, getting the gear <laughs> and then hopping straight back on the ferry. 
and uh, I I accidentally crashed the camper van then because I had been up all night driving, and um, so we had to buy the camper, which put a huge dent in the budget as well. But it ended up being the blessing in disguise because now we're on the property ladder, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Great freedom, though, in that, in terms of you know, you are the producers. You're not constantly reporting to a financer. You know, you're just getting on, enjoying the process of making a movie. Yeah, like that. Like that was really, really lib- like obviously there's, um, there's still a team and things are bashed around and kind of, this is as much everyone's film as it's not like. The Dave Minogue show. There's things in there that um, that uh, I fought for, but other people fought for too. And then things that other people fought to get rid of <laughs> that aren't in there. Um, so it's a team effort in getting it to this place. But at the same time, there's things like that. We were kind of like, this is our film. We can, we don't have to do this. this. We'll never get this kind of liberty again if we get to make yeah. it again. What advice, Dave, would you give to people who are planning on making their own feature film? The reality is this isn't finished. <laughs> like this is uh, the the first leg. Making the film is essentially the training, and now getting it out there and getting it to the to to audiences. That's that's the game. So that that's always been at the forefront of what I've been thinking and the decision making process behind everything that's in front of the screen. I don't feel like I should give advice from this vantage point when I haven't proven it yet. <laughs> but if it's merely to get a film done. If that's the objective, then I would say be prepared to spend a lot of time on your own, feeling lonely, <laughs> and feeling like you're not going to get this done, and that you're letting everyone down, and just to have a lot of a, a lot of insecurity about it. Um, like I think it's not easy, and the difficulties aren't what people think they are. In like that, you're no one's asking you to do this. You're putting everyone out, and they're not going to be happy that you're doing this until it's very close to done and then you've just got to live with that until it's done and kind of <laughs> hope for the best obviously we we shot my parents house and they they weren't happy about it Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like every day like i'd be i'd have to be dealing with things like um just this, it's not being tidy enough or i was making a mess and also then like the, the general problems with like losing a location or an actor not being available or things like that and then like I'd be getting Ryan home late every day and not deliberately and it was never like massively late but um and it was always his fault while we were late as well because he'd insist on <laughs> he would insist on going on bumpers and things like that and, and I don't have a kid so I don't know how to say no um so like there was things like that where they were constantly happening I always had to kind of remind myself that you know no one asked me to do this and every single person here is helping me well, look, it's a movie that I highly recommend people see tomorrow night at the Galway Film Flat. Go to the website, galwayfilmflat.com, and make sure you get a ticket to watch the movie online. Dave Minogue, writer, producer, and director of Poster Boys, thanks for joining us on Just Like in the Movies. Thanks very much. Now, although there's no parties in the rowing club this July, no celebrities walking down the streets of Galway, well, none that we know of at all, there's still an amazing lineup of shorts, documentaries, animations, feature films, and lots more at this year's Galway Film Flat. All selected films are available to rent from the Film Flat's website, 
galwayfilmfla.com and they can be viewed across multiple devices. The tickets are keenly priced. They're from as low as five euro. So just head over to galwayfilmfla.com to browse the full program and also to book your tickets. And during the festival, Q&As will be live streamed with audience questions taken from social media. There'll be panel discussions as well, which will be hosted as webinars. So there's lots taking place. Head over to galwayfilmfla.com for further details. And we'll be talking to you again tomorrow looking ahead to the full lineup at this week's Galway Film Flat. For more information on Just Like in the Movies, you can head over to our website, jlitmovies.ie, and you can find us as well on social media. Thank you for listening.